Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're live out here on Half Street. A hop, jump, and a skip away from Nats Park. Happy 4th of July. It's going to be a warm one out there. Here's the hoping... By the end of the afternoon, the Nationals bats follow. I'm Denton Day. I'm not the junkies. I'm filling in for them. Those guys get a well-deserved day off for the holiday. I'm taking you up until 1035. That's when Nat's pregame starts. I got my man Jeff Walker on the other side of the glass. He's rolling with us here for the next 90 minutes. You can hit me up on the Twitter machine at the Denton Day. And the phone lines are open. 800 636 1067. I'm going to pose you the question. I'm going to answer this in 15 minutes for you, but I'm going to pose you the question now. Now that it's been a couple of days, on Thursday, Kevin Durant publicly wanted out of Brooklyn. He went to the owner himself and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Now that it's been a couple of days, do you want the Wizards to go after Kevin Durant? 800-636-1067. You can let me know on Twitter as well, at the Denton Day. We're going to talk more in depth on the Wizards offseason so far. Matt Moderno is going to join us in about 30 minutes time. He hosts on the Believe Podcast Network and writes for Bullets Forever. So we'll get his insight on what the Wizards have done this offseason. And then, of course, we do have a Nats game, so I promise By the end of today's show, by the time that pregame starts here, I'm going to give you a couple of bets that are going to make you some money. Because you can't have a holiday, 4th of July in particular, we're celebrating the idea of freedom. I can't think of anything better to go alongside that than making a little bit of money. So I'm going to help you do that coming up in probably about an hour from now. Of course, when it comes to the Nationals, they were unsuccessful yesterday against the Marlins, which is unfortunate. But the big news from that game was the early exit of one Juan Soto. So all eyes are pointed in the direction of Juan Soto just to see what the news is. He left yesterday's game with an apparent calf injury. At first, we thought maybe it was a hamstring. 
And then Davey comes out in the post game and says, not a hamstring, it's more of a calf situation. Juan didn't speak to reporters yesterday because he was getting an MRI. So I promise you, once we get word on the results of that MRI, when it comes down the pipe, we will share that with you. My guess, just a gut feeling, we're likely not going to see Juan Soto today. But once that gets made official, we'll let you know. As I said, you can hit me on Twitter, at the Denton Day. I want to shift and talk a little commanders here. I got to be honest, and I know this is a bit of a hot take. I like what Dan Snyder is doing right now. I am. It, it brings a certain level of excitement to me and an odd amount of joy as to what Dan Snyder is doing right now because I want to see how far it's going to go. I think the ship is sinking. And I think that Dan Snyder knows that this ship is sinking. And I want to see how far this goes. We all know what a a Friday news dump is. Well, the Dan Snyder team was hard at work. And I do think this was not just planned. I think they have like a whole underground analytics department where they are monitoring social media, the activity, keeping their eyes on how people interact with news. And I think this has been something that's been long in the works from the team of Dan Snyder. But forget a Friday news dump. They decided for a Saturday 4th of July weekend news dump by essentially pointing fingers at uh, the committee that's trying to get him to show up to go on trial and to, to give his testimony of what went down with the Washington commanders in the workplace situation over the better part of the last decade and a half, really two decades. I mean, since Dan Snyder took over, it's been an absolute uh, an absolute run-of-the-mill organization and a terribly run organization at that. So he drops this news on a Saturday during the 4th of July where he is still upset at the committee and he's not going to respond to their subpoena at least he hasn't yet and the goal when they asked him about the subpoena was to do june 30th it's now july 4th so he's obviously not doing that and that's kind of what i mean by why i'm weirdly excited and kind of want to see where this goes because believe it or not like i'm learning things i'm learning things I have a couple of lawyer friends. My girlfriend has a degree from law school. I had zero idea that when somebody subpoenaed you, you could just say no. I didn't know that was allowed. I didn't. I don't know if that's like a rich person thing or if that's like an everybody thing. But Dan Snyder just said no. And then he left the country again. How long are we going to play this game? I don't know the type of money that it takes uh, for this committee to run. But my guess is it doesn't really take a ton to just kind of play wait and see with Dan Snyder. Now, yes, everybody has certain schedules that you want to accommodate for, not Dan Snyder's schedule. We don't care about his schedule. But I'm talking on this committee to bring Dan Snyder down because that's the end goal here. I want that man. uh, I mean, he can stay in whatever country he's in right now. I think right now his yacht and his private plane are in Italy. I think that's where he's residing. He can stay there. I don't care where he physically is. But I want him out of this organization. So I want to see just how far this goes. 
and they released a statement, and I'll read it to you here. There are some, there are some wicked, what I feel are inaccuracies and things that raise more questions, which I don't think that the Snyder camp, I don't think they attempted to do this on purpose, but boy, I mean, when you're just lying on top of lying on top of lying, eventually those lies are going to come back around. The statement they released on Saturday says, Despite Mr. Snyder's continued apologies and regret for the historical problems that arose at the team, the Washington Post goes out of its way to assail his character and ignore the successful efforts of both Dan and Tanya Snyder, together with Jason Wright and Coach Ron Rivera for over the past two years to bring about a remarkable transformation to the organization. Pause. Just right in there, there seemed to be a bit of problems. First and foremost, simply just apologizing does not make everything okay. There has to be some sentiment of remorse. There has to be some sort of reconciliation, a way that actually makes this right. Just simply apologizing, like I know we are taught that as kids, and Dan Snyder very much has this childish behavior. I worked at a summer camp for four years when I was in college. It was an interesting time in my life, a fun one, but an interesting one. And I can't tell you the amount of times I caught a child doing something wrong, and I told that child, hey, you have to go apologize to who you just wronged. And they would reluctantly, with their head down, tail between their legs, and if you're a parent yourself, I, you've seen this before, they go over and they apologize. But it's, it's not a real apologize apology, right? They're just doing it because I, a camp counselor, told them they have to apologize. They don't actually mean it. And that's the feeling that I get with Dan Snyder. Technically, yes, he apologized. But was there true meaning and reconciliation behind that? And you can say if you, for some reason, I don't know if Dan Snyder supporters exist in this town, but if for some reason you are one of them and say, well, Dan Snyder paid $10 million, Denton, the NFL find him. What more do you want? I still want a real reconciliation and a real apology. That $10 million fine is all good and well, but that doesn't go to the people that he wronged. That goes to the pockets of the National Football. Like Roger Goodell is having fun with those $10 million, but nobody who was actually impacted by all of the terrible things that Dan Snyder has done, they don't benefit from that $10 million. So I want some sort of real some sort of real reconciliation, but this is where they tell on themselves a little bit in that statement. It's the second half. We'll ignore the fact that he says he has character, which he clearly doesn't. But it's the second half of that statement where they say the efforts of both Dan and Tanya Snyder together with Jason Wright and Ron Rivera over the past two years. Well, it's been my assumption, and it's been Roger Goodell's assumption, at least that's what he said when he testified, Dan Snyder hasn't been around the team for the past two years. I thought Dan Snyder was supposed to be a hands-off owner. I thought he wasn't in a position of power anymore. Wasn't that part of the punishment? Wasn't that part of the apologies and the regret? Part of that was that, that Dan Snyder wasn't going to be on the team. He wasn't going to be around anymore. So he's not around the team, but he wants to he wants to take credit for all of the good things that they have done over the past few months and years. Now, how does that make sense? 
This is why we need to get this dude in front of people that are going to ask him questions. And for the life of me, because I did watch, I did watch a portion of Roger Goodell's uh, testimony, and it was tough. It was a tough thing to watch. Like it was a good reminder of why I decided to pursue sports media rather than political media, because politicians are just the absolute worst. I mean, talk about scum of the earth, human beings, bottom of the barrel. Watching them question Roger Goodell. And so, like, people were asking this dude about the, the baby formula shortage, which is a real issue in this country. But, like, what does Roger Goodell have? Any, it, was, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But I want Dan Snyder to be put in front of these people. I don't want him to hide behind the lawyers. I don't want him to hide behind legal team and, and uh, the people that he sends to scare off. Like, that's crazy, too, here, because he's saying the Washington Post is being mean. Dan Snyder, a billionaire, is complaining about the Washington Post being mean after he has sent people to the homes of accusers to essentially scare them. After we know that he has a number of NDAs that have been signed and he's paid all of these people off basically to shut them up, yet he's accusing the Post of being mean. The Washington Post is doing their job. This is what actual journalism looks like in today's day and age. They're just doing their jobs. They're stating the facts that they have gathered through good and accurate reporting. And Dan Snyder's a little bit upset with that. You know, one thing that I never thought I would enjoy, because I told you Dan Snyder's yacht and his private plane right now are in Italy. And I know this because of the new Twitter account, the Dan Snyder uh, Yacht Tracker. When I first saw this account pop up, on my timeline, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I'm like, come on, are we, are we, we're doing this. Like, we're going to track him wherever he goes. Like, this is silly. I don't think there's any good reason to do this. And yet, since I've seen this account pop up, I think I've looked at it every single day. I, I just can't keep my eyes away. I want, I'm a nosy, I'm nosy. I'm a nosy individual. I loved the drama and I want to see what Dan Snyder is getting into. And I want to see what his excuse is going to continue to be. He's given the business excuse, which anybody that has any common sense, the business excuse is such a silly one. I have a minor in business that I got. I got it mostly from Quizlet when I was in college, but I still have a minor in business. I don't even think I need a minor in business. I mean, it's com- it's business common sense 101. If you have a trip for business, right? which Dan Snyder claimed at some point that he did. He might have refuted that, but at some point he claimed that he was originally in France for business. If you are on a business trip with somebody that is being wanted by the feds, they want him in court, they want him to testify, they know there is some wrong doing going on there. If you're on the other side of that business deal, wouldn't you put that on pause for a little bit? Be like, hey man, I know you got a lot of money. And I know we would like to have some of that money, but you got to go get the feds off your case because we aren't going to mess around with that. That's not in our itinerary of things that we want to accomplish this year. Going into business with a guy who is on a ship, pun intended if he's on his yacht, a ship that we know, all of us, that we know is sinking. I'm Denton Day, 106.7 The Fan. Do you want the Wizards to go after Kevin Durant. 
1067. You can hit me up on Twitter. Do you want the Wizards to go after Kevin Durant? I'll tell you why I do next. It's Denton Day, 1067, the fan of the Odyssey app. I'm Denton Day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Also on in Richmond, our friends down there, 910 The Fan. Hope everybody is getting ready for a nice, safe, happy Fourth of July. If you're on the water, feel free to call in and gloat. As I don't know about you, Jeff Walker, I'm not going to get on the water today. I mean, I I don't want to say not. You know, there's still a lot of day left. You never know what could happen. But I don't have it in my plans uh, this afternoon to be in in any water. So if you want to gloat about that, you can. 800-636-1067. It's also where I'll take your calls on Kevin Durant. Do you want the Wizards to go and get? the PG County native. Aaron chimed in, Aaron Miller chimed in on Twitter saying she wants Kevin Durant. She just doesn't know how we are going to afford him. And Aaron, I'm with you. I don't know how we're going to afford him, but what I do know is that some of the people in these front offices are absolute maniacs when it comes to money. And the way that they can move things around and move players around, shift certain money to signing bonus, like the way they can maneuver money is exceptionally impressive and they can get away with some of that stuff. So while it, it might seem a little bleak now on the dollar sign, there is a definite opportunity for Tommy Shepard and for Ted Leonsis to move some money around to acquire Kevin Durant. It just then becomes about the package to get him. I, for one, am all in on revitalizing the hashtag, bringing it back from the dead where it was dead and buried after Kevin Durant joined Golden State in 2016. Bring back hashtag KD to DC. I am all on board for Kevin Durant. I don't understand how this is realistically even a question. You don't ever, like ever, get an opportunity like this once, but twice. You had it in 2016, you swung and you missed. You have it again in 2022, you have to swing big and swing for the fences and at least make Brooklyn say no. 
at the very least, you have to pick up the phone and call the Nets and make them say no. And I was messing around on the ESPN trade machine last night just to see financially like what type of players would we have to move if we wanted to go get Kevin Durant and a package that I came up with that I think a lot of people here are going to like. I don't think Brooklyn would go necessarily for this package, but you can move Kristaps, Corey Kispert, and Rui, and then every single draft pick imaginable, put that in the trade and receive Kevin Durant. Now, Brooklyn is asking for a young all-star. That's not going to happen. And the proof is in the pudding. Nobody has given up a young all-star for Kevin Durant yet. So I think the longer this goes on, the more it benefits the Wizards because the longer this goes on, eventually those trade demands in terms of a young all-star are going to come down. And Brooklyn is ideally going to be more open to to getting draft picks, a draft-heavy centered trade. I know that ownership group up there really wants to win, and they want to win now, but it's just unrealistic. When you're losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons. Truthfully, I wouldn't hate Ben Simmons coming here. Now, I would be willing to give up significantly less for Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, but I wouldn't hate Ben Simmons coming here to D.C., but the priority is Kevin Durant. And you make them say no. If that means six first-round draft picks, I don't even know if you can trade six. I thought the max was four. And then Minnesota went and basically traded five to get Rudy Gobert. So if that means six or seven first-round picks and four pick swaps in the future, you go and you make that deal. I've heard nothing but fans upset about the Bradley Beal contract. And there's been people here at this station, people in the local media on the writing side that have gone after the Wizards and they've gone after Bradley Beal for signing the $251 million extension. And I get where they're coming from. I don't hate the deal. I don't hate the deal because I like Brad, but I would love the deal significantly more if his running mate is Kevin Durant. If his running mate is, quite honestly, somebody other than Kristaps. I don't have a whole lot of faith right now in Kristaps Porzingis, and I have significantly more faith in Kevin Durant. That's a top 15 player of all time. And he's not at the height of his prime, but I think Kevin Durant is still very much in his prime. I think Kevin Durant is still very much a top five player in today's NBA. You do what you have to do. If you want to build a winner, you do what you have to do to get Kevin Durant to come home. And just like that, you would still have Monte Morris, by the way, so you still got your point guard. You got Bradley Beal, because you can't move Beal until at least January 15th because of the contract he signed. So you have Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant. And oh, by the way, I kept Kuzma around. Now, Brooklyn probably wants Kyle Kuzma if they're going to make that deal. But if that's all that's going to hold up, you trade Kyle Kuzma. Like, this is this is a very easy, I don't even have to think twice about it. If it's Kevin Durant or Kyle Kuzma, you trade Kyle Kuzma. It's very, very simple. I know he has a lot of upside, but he does not have Kevin Durant upside because he's not Kevin Durant. We've seen Kyle Kuzma play here. 
we, we've seen him play with the Lakers. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy to have. But if it's between him and Kevin Durant, you go get Kevin Durant. I don't want to hear any sort of, of pushback when it comes to mortgaging the future. I hate that term. I absolutely hate that term. Because what's the worst thing that's going to What's the worst thing that, that's going to happen if you give up all of these draft picks and go get Kevin Durant and it doesn't work out? Well, oh, we don't, we're going to be stuck in limbo for the next five to 10 years. What have we been doing for the last 40 years? We don't hit on like 90% of the draft picks. What's the big deal about being scared and afraid to throw them all away if it lands us a chance? At Kevin Durant. It's 106.7 The Fan. I'm Denton Day at the Denton Day on the Twitter machine. We'll head out to the phone lines now. Matt Moderno joins me. He's a co-host of the Believe in Wizards podcast, and you can see his writing on Bullets Forever. You can hit him up on Twitter, at Matt Moderno. Matt, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Happy 4th. It's good to be here. Happy 4th to you as well. So I'm going back and forth now uh, with the conversation of whether or not the Wizards should pick up the phone and call the Brooklyn Nets. Where do you stand on going after Kevin Durant? I mean, I think most of Tommy Shepard's job is to just work the phones and just see if there's any avenue to make the team better. So if this is a way to do that, I think he, you know, it seems like it is, right, to get Kevin Durant. So he should definitely be making the call. I think you always just kind of at least poke around, see what you can do, uh, maybe what you'd be willing to offer as a starting point, and they probably laugh and hang up on you, given what we have and what other teams can give them. But you got to at least make the call. Now, what do you, what, what would the package, is there a package that you would consider to be too much? Like, is there an ask? Obviously, Beal is here for the long term, at least until January 15th. Is there a, a package that you think is too much? No. That makes straightforward. No. I, I would literally gut the entire roster and give them 11 guys if that's what it took. Um, you know, even, I mean, Beal included, to be honest with you, if you could do it. But, uh, you know, the, I think the move there is to try to build around Beal, and you could try to build around Beal and Durant, and you just fill them with uh, minimum contract players, and you see how you go. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would do anything to get somebody that good. He'd be the best player to wear a Wizards uniform probably since, like, Wes Unsell Jr. was in his prime, if, and you could maybe even say that he's better than Wes or Elvin Hayes or one of those guys. So, I mean, if you get the best player to ever play for your organization, you have to try to do it. Matt Moderno's with me here on 106.7 The Fan, at Matt Moderno, where you can find him on Twitter. Hypothetically, and I know these hypothetical questions are dangerous, but hypothetically, if they do somehow wind up with Kevin Durant, if they swing big and hit, and then it's Durant and Beal, where does that position them in the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference? Well, it's funny, like you, you see where Brooklyn kind of ended up this year, and it was a little underwhelming given the guys that they had. It was basically, you know, Durant for some portion of the year, Irving for some portion of the year, uh, a very limited portion of the year, and then uh, Harden for a limited portion of the year, and then they kind of snuck their way in the playoffs realistically. So a healthy Durant and a healthy Beal and a bunch of role players, you know, assuming you have to kind of gut all of your valuable contributors to get Durant, uh, you, you know, you're still probably uh, better than you would be this year. I mean, it makes you uh, probably a clean playoff team or at least one of the top couple play in teams at a minimum. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the difference, right? Like this year, the team they have currently the ceiling is probably like a six seed. If you're starting with Durant and Beal and just bodies, 
your floor is still probably like a seven or eight seed. So, you know, um, I think it's just one of those things you have to do it, have to try to do it or have to try to make your team better in some way. And that's the best way to do it. I don't know what the ceiling would be. It depends on who they get around them and how those pieces fit and all, all that kind of stuff. But presumably if you can do a good job around the margins, uh, you know, your ceiling is probably much, much higher than that. So if Brooklyn says no, if we call them up and say, we want Kevin Durant and they laugh in our faces, should we stay on the phone and ask about potentially Ben Simmons? I wouldn't personally. I just kind of, that's not my kind of guy. When everybody was talking about trading Beal for him, you know, at the deadline or something, I thought that was insane. And hypothetically, he's a really valuable player. It's just, there's a lot of other stuff there. And, I, you know, I, he did a documentary for Showtime coming out of college uh, about his year at LSU, and he seemed bored the whole time there and didn't really want to play and didn't want to go to practice and you know made, basically made some comments about like i do this because i'm good at it not necessarily like kind of loving it and i don't want think you want that from your best player or even second best player you know you can do that with somebody around the margins maybe but is that guy going to get better which i don't think he has since you know maybe year two or three and uh does he love it is he going to play you know, play a little nicked up to, to try to get out there and, and grind out some wins. It doesn't seem like it. So it just, you'd have to give up a lot to get him. And if it doesn't work out, that's another pretty big contract. And it just can't shoot. He's an unwilling shooter. He's basically a non-entity in the playoffs most of the time. And that's just kind of not the guy I would trade in like my, my assets or my chips for. Matt Moderno's with me here on 106.7 The Fan, at Matt Moderno, where you can find him on Twitter. Uh, so, Matt, what were your thoughts uh, about the Bradley Beal deal now that it's inked in pen? I think he had to do it. You know, once you made this, like, choice to commit to him the last couple years, like, you, you couldn't let him go for nothing. It's very rare that an NBA team lets an asset go. The the very least, they're going to lock you in and then try to figure it out. I'm still not convinced he'll be here for the duration of that deal, but you ink him to the deal and then you just kind of see where you are. You play out this year at the very least and see what this core, presumably with him, Porzingis and like Kuzma or somebody healthy. And if they don't move Kuzma for someone and, and you just see what it looks like for the first half of the season, maybe even the full season. And then, then you kind of go from there about what you do with the team longer term. If, if it's a total disaster and he's unhappy, then maybe we're talking about a trade, next off season, but no matter how big the contract is, someone like Beal is still going to be a positive asset for you. Unless like the floor totally falls out, which I, I wouldn't expect. Seems like a, his kind of game should age pretty well, I think. And I think a team will also convince themselves that they can make Beal more of a jump shooter again, more of a perimeter shooter. If he's in a lessened offensive role and uh, you know, maybe they have a better point guard to set him up than we've had the last couple of years. So at the very least, if you're not going to keep him long-term, you still kind of had to give him the deal. You're not going to get that much in a sign-and-trade. You obviously get nothing but cap space if you let him walk, and we haven't been a free agent destination. So he's, you know, your best chance of recouping assets longer-term was to lock him in and then just kind of see how it plays out. Now, what do you think about Kyle Kuzma? Because I know a lot of people that really seem to love him around these parts. What are your realistic expectations for him as we approach next season? I'm I'm one of those people like I'm irrationally high on Kuzma and I think a lot of it is just we talk about like getting adults in the room and how we've needed that as an organization for like 15 20 years probably <laughs> and he seems to actually be that kind of person you hear all of the other young guys talk about 
oh, yeah, Kuzma took me aside and helped me. He taught me how to watch film. He took me, you know, he showed me what he learned from LeBron and Rajon Rondo and all these people. And, you know, he's passed that stuff along to Denny Avdia and, and Rui and Corey Kispert and people like that. So just some of the off-court stuff is almost as valuable, I think, as the on-court stuff. And on-court, I think he's a pretty good player. I think best-case scenario, you know, you wouldn't want him to be more than, like, the fourth best starter on a really good team. And I think here we're going to probably ask him to be the third best guy. So uh, he's a little inefficient. The defense probably wasn't as good or locked in as anybody would have liked last year. But a 6'10 guy who can create for himself and others, who was pretty clutch, he's versatile. You could play him some at the three if you had to, some at the five if you had to, given how kind of injury-prone Porzingis has been, the fact that Gafford is somehow never in shape enough to play more than 20 minutes despite <laughs> being like 24 years old. Like it just gives you a lot of flexibility to have somebody like Kuzma. I think the question is, what is next year's deal going to look like? And you have to have that conversation kind of all year. And if he's looking for four years, $80 million, then then that's something, you know, that's a starting point for you all in like a reasonable discussion based on what he produces and people at that level, you know, actually tend to cost. If he's asking for four years, $111 million, that doesn't seem to, you know, like a sustainable number. I wouldn't think. I don't, you know, I'm not intimately familiar with their long-term cap sheet here, but it's probably not the kind of number that they'd be looking for. So that probably gets him dealt. But you got to just kind of feel him out throughout the year, and uh, you know, if, if it seems like you're kind of in the same range, then maybe you play the season out with him. But I think he's really good, and I think you know, you just, I wouldn't be in a hurry to give up a good player uh, just in hopes of maybe getting another good player. It, it just seems like whatever you do with him is probably a lateral move. Talking with Matt Moderno here on 106.7, the fan at Matt Moderno on Twitter. He hosts the Believe in Wizards podcast and writes for uh, Bullets Forever. Obviously, one of the big moves the Wizards made this offseason, Matt, was the trade getting Monte Morris and Will Barton. I think we know where Monte Morris fits in immediately as the starting point guard. Where does Will Barton fit into this rotation? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to come off the bench? Where's the best spot for him? I think the best spot in, in a perfect world would be for him to be like your gunner off the bench, like your kind of sixth man, sixth, seventh man comes in, uh, plays respectable enough defense, shoots from the perimeter at a reasonable amount, you know, reasonable percentage, and just come in and give you like 15 points, five rebounds, five assists, and, and just like be really solid and, and kind of help carry your bench scoring. But that's probably not going to be the case. I wouldn't think just given what the rest of the roster looks like, you know, the it's just sort of like a lopsided fit at the moment. And it seems like they're really banking on either Denny Avdia or Rui Hachimura or Corey Kispert taking a big jump and being able to be like a starting small forward. And I don't know that either of them are like any of the three of them are complete enough that that's really what you want. I think maybe you see Barton as like the de facto opening day starting small forward. And if one of those young guys kind of separates themselves from the pack, then then maybe they take over that spot and you can ease Barton into sort of that bench role. But He's, he's starting to slow down. He's like 31, almost 32. The defense isn't quite as locked in as it was earlier in his career. The offense is maybe not quite as efficient. So it's probably not what you'd like um, as your starting wing, but I don't know what else they'll do, to be honest. Your co-host on the podcast, Larry Hughes, You know he was on those teams with the Wizards that I grew up on that really had me start uh, to, to love basketball. What's the best story about those early 2000s teams that uh, Larry shared with you? I mean, there, there are a couple of really good ones. It's just interesting kind of hearing this stuff about uh, 
you know, Steve Blake and Gilbert Arenas uh, throwing hands at each other once after practice and then Gilbert taking Blake out to legal seafood after to kind of like <laughs> mend fences and just show him everything was okay. Uh, we had Gilbert on the podcast uh, two years ago, maybe, and he did like 90 minutes with us and I think very easily would have done another 90. So it was just cool to hear, um, you know, there, there was obviously some different like factions and stuff on those teams, but I think Larry did a nice job of kind of getting along with everybody. So we've been able to kind of have the core members of that team on and and they all just tell like neat stuff about um, interacting with each other. And it just, I don't know that I could isolate like kind of one story, but it just, I think everything you heard about shenanigans wise definitely happened. It happened less so when Larry was there, because I think he was the person that kind of kept Gilbert in line. Uh, so, you know, the stories after he left got significantly wilder and the Andre Black shoe stuff and all those kinds of crazy ones we all know about. Matt, I greatly appreciate you taking some time out of your, your holiday to jump on with us. It was a great conversation. Let's do it again soon. Anytime. Take care. That is Matt Moderno, the co-host of the Believe in Wizards podcast with Larry Hughes, and he writes for Bullets Forever. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Moderno. You can hit me on Twitter at the Denton Day. Coming up, we'll take your call. Should the Wizards go for Kevin Durant? 800-636-1067. Should the Wizards go for Kevin Durant? It's next on the Fan of the Odyssey app. Junkie. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. He's off for the holiday. You get me instead. I'm Denton Day at the Denton Day on Twitter. Our question for the listeners, do you want the Wizards to go after Kevin Durant? You can hit me up on Twitter or call in 800-636-1067. Linwood in Reston on the line here. Linwood, you're on the fan. What's up, man? Hey, good morning and happy 4th. Happy 4th to you as well. Uh, I at the beginning of this call, I went from uh, no, we shouldn't go for Kevin Durant, and um, to now I'm kind of torn. Um, sure, it would be great if he came back to Washington and we got him on the team. Um, you know, on the one hand, if we go all out or all in and try to get him, and we don't get him, well, we can say we did try to improve the team. We went after him, but on the other hand, my reservation is if we do get him. And he's one year, 
year two or whatever says he wants to trade, then that's what I'm concerned about. I under I understand that concern, but let me ask you, you, you this, Linwood. How realistic do you think that he is going to, to up and move after one year? Because credit to Kevin Durant, he's never been a, a one-year and done. He's not the Kawhi type. He has stayed at least two to three years at each destination. Okay. Um, I, I, I thought maybe that would be uh, what you would say. And while I'm not nearly as knowledgeable about basketball and its uh, inner workings as you and your previous guests, uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this call. Uh, if that's the case, yeah, I understand. And I'm right there with you on that. Uh, but it does seem like kind of like, um, you know, there is always that possibility. Linwood, I appreciate the call, my friend. And, and you are right. Uh, that possibility does always exist. But the thing is, it exists for everyone. I mean, we can say that same thing with Bradley Beal. Now that Bradley Beal has signed that contract, what if he decides to force his way out? I, I don't think it can. Uh, I don't think we can look past the fact that guys really do like to win. You know, I know the NBA is big on money and they want to have all this control. The players do, and they want to do it on their terms. And that's all well and great. You know, to a big extent, they deserve to be able to do all of those things. But I do think a lot of this is about winning. Like the thing with Kevin Durant is he is not a guy that is consistently chasing the money and the money alone. And regardless how you feel about him, because I know he's a polarizing character in today's NBA, he does put winning first. That's why that move to Golden State was made in the first place. And I know that's why people don't like him because it was viewed as soft and what have you. But Kevin Durant does value winning. Why he ended up in Brooklyn was because he wanted to win on his terms and he wanted to do it with his best friend in Kyrie Irving. Now, that friendship is an interesting one. Like, Kyrie is a pretty interesting dude. I don't jump necessarily on the... Uh, just kill Kyrie bandwagon that some do in the media. I was at one point, but I kind of backed off from that because what's the point at this point? But with Kevin Durant, I think Kevin Durant is worth it all. I think he's worth every little bit. There is not a package that you could lay out to me in which I would say, nah, I'd rather have that. I want Kevin Durant. And it's up to Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis to get creative with how they want to approach this. Because the unfortunate reality is we don't have enough assets by ourselves to make this deal happen. I listed out a trade financially that would work, sending Chris Stops, sending Corey Kispert, who's young, sending Rui Hachimura, who's young, and then a boatload, really two boatloads of draft picks to Brooklyn to acquire the services of Kevin Durant, but they want somebody that they think is going to help them win immediately. So odds are we're going to need help from somebody else. Who is your friend in the league? You have to go find somebody that you consider a friend in this NBA to help you out if it means getting Kevin Durant. And I know there are people out there that are going to take the approach. He's not a winner. He was the seventh seed last year. And I get that. And technically, you're right. The Brooklyn Nets were the seventh seed last year. But that argument lacks the context that Kyrie didn't play for like 90% of the year. Not quite 90, but you get the idea. Kyrie wasn't there for like the first 50 games of the season. And then even when he was technically there, he wasn't always there because he wouldn't get the shot. 
So yeah, Brooklyn wasn't great last season, but in today's NBA, you have to have two stars. It's right from the get-go. If you want to compete in this league at all, you have to have two stars. Now, Toronto, they pushed the envelope a little bit with Kawhi Leonard, but we have since seen Pascal Siakam end up being a star and Fred Van Vliet being what I think you could consider to be a star. You got to have multiple stars to win in today's NBA, especially in this Eastern Conference when you have teams like Milwaukee that is three guys. You have teams like Philadelphia who had damn near the MVP in Embiid. And Miami has a couple of stars down there. So you got to have multiple stars. And last year, Kevin Durant didn't have that. But he does have that in D.C. because Bradley Beal, so long as his wrist stays up, Bradley Beal plays. Like Bradley Beal, I know in the beginning of his career, he was a guy that was looked at as you know getting injured frequently. But once he overcame that, with the exception of the, the wrist situation last year, Bradley Beal has been present. Bradley Beal is on the floor. He's played through the nicks and the bruises and the bumps. So Bradley Beal is here. And with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, that's your one-two punch. I think we have seen, and everybody has said, the thing, the thing about the Bradley Beal contract, everybody has said, Brad is a better number two on a championship team than he is number one. So what do you do to make that come to fruition? You go get a number one in Kevin Durant. You go call Brooklyn and make them say, no, don't take the approach that Ernie Grunfeld took before you if you're Tommy Shepard where you're trying the same thing over and over. I know the Boston thing is tantalizing because they built through the draft and Golden State built through the draft. And to be honest, that's my preferred method of doing it, but it hasn't worked here. And it hasn't worked here for 40 plus years. So now it's time to change change the motive here, change the direction in which we're approaching this, and you go get Kevin Durant. Do you want Kevin Durant? 800-636-1067. You're listening to Denton Day on 106.7 and the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.